in East London. A man lurked on dating sites. Turning hookups to tragedies. Steven, that damn toupee. And you hate it. <laughs> so loud. And we're back. It wasn't that loud. I feel yeah. like I muffled the scream. Did you? Yeah, absolutely. I that's true. I absolutely did. And, and I'm here and I'm D. And I'm Charnel. The one critiquing me is Charnel. And I, I don't need an introduction by anybody else. <laughs> you wish you could get this introduction. You wish you were Beyonce with the introduction. How many of you introduced Beyonce? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Welcome back. It's episode, I believe it to be 37. I'm just going to take it off the top of my head and assume that is what the That's outline. Let me pull up my, my notes decided. here. And it does, in fact, say episode 38. <laughs> <laughs> And that's where we are, folks. It's wait, been a, it, wait, is it? That can't be right. You wrote down, like, I thought you wrote down 37 on your little notepad. On your I, handy it is dandy episode dandy. 37. I really, <laughs> I really... I have to be honest with everybody. It has been a trying three weeks. It was a fi- our final papers and quizzes Ooh, and child, things we're ghetto. due. And we've been so busy. I've had events and things. And I was stepmomming, writing that paper, and being at an Easter dinner all at the same time. I wanted to die. And what dinner? Easter dinner. Oh. Because uh, I was doing it during my <laughs> Easter dinner last minute on Sunday. It's due like Sunday, what, midnight? No, 11.59. Right. And I'm sitting here like Easter on like 8 p.m. trying to finish the paper. It's but fine. I, uh, but we were, we are tired. That's why we're kind of giddy and goofy right yes, now. So we, we are, are exhausted. We are on our last And <laughs> I'm on a collective eight hours of sleep over the last weekend. I don't count With anymore. Game of Thrones and Avengers Endgame twice. <laughs> and <laughs> men wasting my time <laughs> or not wasting it. I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I'm i busy, but we are back, and we're excited. We have some housekeeping. Is that right? Before that, major housekeeping. Y'all missed my birthday. <laughs> no, so, we missed your birthday. Yeah, I know, because we didn't record. <laughs> that wasn't that. We can't blame the listeners. This is true. Um, happy birthday to me. Um, Someone told you happy birthday. Yeah, you, you text me. You no, somebody did. I feel oh, like yeah, I saw... Oh, yeah, yeah, somebody did. Si- Silas. Uh, yeah. I think was... Yeah, I remember you, that, because that's it. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I had a few of my April girls stand, Aries girls stand online too. We had a whole conversation don't about know anything was, about that. Yeah, you wouldn't I'm know. A Christian. You don't know about that. No. <laughs> oh, you go shout out your Christian. Shout out to all the believers. <laughs> shut up, because we got to do this. This is the best. We are so tired. So housekeeping, housekeeping, Patreon. Shout out to I. I want to say Elise, uh, Lisa Ramirez, and there's another one whose name I. I was looking for earlier and I had missed it. Um, but let me look. Uh, shout out to you guys. Also, anybody expecting stickers, I had to order them. And so they, we I, out. I have them. We yeah. I have them. I promise I tend y'all, to give things y'all away. Y'all signing up and stuff. So we ran out. Um, <laughs> uh, we're so, giving you your things. Yeah. So your stickers are going to be on its way uh, probably tomorrow morning. Um, they'll be dropped in the mailbox. Silas, your t shirt is also going to be dropped in the mailbox. So shout out to you. Uh, Amanda Miller. I don't know if we shouted her out in episode 36, but okay. she, she became hey, a patron 
uh, the same day we dropped episode 36. So, And we've gotten like a wave of new crew members, so I just want to shout a few of them out because I'm excited about it. I'd be low-key watching it. Listen, I was hella active when it first started, and then I was like, uh, it's getting to like 100 people. I'm really shy. <laughs> but uh, shout out to Jenny, Isabel, Erica, Allison, Abby, and all the crew members that recently joined. I see you. We're paying attention. I love how you guys are starting discussions amongst yourselves as well. Posting, I love animals, babies, and all good things. Like, don't wait on don't wait on me or D to start. The yeah, no, you guys no, take free reign to talk, but we're definitely watching constantly. Oh, I'm always, I'm <laughs> always reading everything. That's, yeah, that's see, all I do. We see all of it. Also, shout out to Alicia and Abby. I'm um, not Abby. Cat, cat on Instagram. They make my Instagram like cat. cat first of all, cat on Instagram is iconic. Cat who? I, cat. Catters or whatever her K four TTs or but no, cat is awesome. She and makes my Instagram life so better. She's in New York City. We're so close. I, I like know. We should. We should, we should. We're talking too much. But thank you guys so much. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for supporting us. And if you want to, you check out the Patreon link. That'll be in the show notes. If you want to support us that way, uh, we're gonna be doing some really fun things. I know there's a Patreon, uh, not a Patreon contest, but there's a contest coming up. Uh, as far as designing a t-shirt. Yes, yes. So. I, why did I forget that? So I opened it up to the crew first, but I was going to open it up to y'all. We're looking for, um, oh, what did you do? Fan t-shirt. Um, we don't care. Look what I mean. In the, in the theme of what did you do, but you know, we're looking for the next design for our t-shirts. The best t-shirt will end up on our T public for sale. And the crew member who has the best t-shirt that I don't know, we choose. I don't know how we're going to choose this yet, but the best t-shirt will definitely, um, you get a t-shirt as well. Like, yeah, we're going to do gift. it when we set up, finally set up our merch store on the website. I mean, uh, we're going to do it on TeePublic first, and then when yeah, we show up our But it'll be store. both places. Yeah. Um, you won't get any profits from that. Sorry. No, I, but you're going to get a t-shirt in all my loving. And <laughs> These are free out. designs. And I'm we, definitely going to name the t-shirt after you. Sure. Yeah. We're definitely going to name the t-shirt after. Like, so-and-so's, what did you do t-shirt? Yeah, also rules Fan of t-shirt. t-shirts. One of the things we do not do here at What Did You Do is we do not wear depictions of murder, death, or execution. That's something yes. we will not ever advocate. We keep it classy. Um, uh, yeah, people do get the death penalty sometimes, but that's not in my ministry. I refuse to do that. Right. Um, no no death scenes unless, of course, it's like a Game of Thrones thing. Right. And, <laughs> like Dracarys. But if anyone wants that, to draw my house, feel free. Yeah, but like if, <laughs> other than that, you feel free, Randy. It could be as weird as you want it to be. Just yes. I'm, I'm not gonna sell I something enjoy, with depictions of death on it. it just I enjoy. I believe I said by July first, I want these entries, and then you know, hopefully by August, we have the winner. Um, sure, but I'm giving some time. So all right, so housekeeping's done. I always, I always try to. Keep housekeeping short, but we talk too much because we're tired. We love you. Uh, we actually spent three weeks. Yeah, and I'm sorry about that. But the next episodes are going to be, there's a two-parter coming. Yes. And you get us every week for the next, like, three weeks, actually. So it's like, yes, and I there's no to, break. <laughs> I have to see Charnel, so. All the time. We have to spend so much time. But this episode is a, is a fun-ish one. It's, it's an interesting one. It's out of character for you. I know. I, I my my cases tend to be very gory. Yes, he threw me for a loop so bad, you I've been guys. Busy. I've been looking for one that didn't take a lot of Listen. research and trauma uh, counseling. I texted him. I was like, "Yo, did I miss like some kind of research page that I missed with the gore?" Well, let's get, well, let's get into it so people can tell what this is because a lot of people I don't think have heard about Stephen Port. No, uh, but just a little bit of background on what this world is looking like. So, ninety-one million people, y'all, are using online dating sites right now. That's forty-five million in our little country of the United States and where we're going with this case in the UK is there's 7 million people online dating there 
and it's so weird and so scary because everyone is hidden behind a screen, right? Everyone, right. I mean, you could be anybody. Mm-hmm. You don't know who you're talking to. And so there's 16% of stranger rape cases and sexual assaults in general aren't reported to the police. But 70% of stranger rape cases happen on hookups and dates, sites, first yeah. dates, and bring someone back to your home on the first dates. So it's there's all these scary things that happen here. And so in this world of online dating where it's supposed to allow people like the ability to search right. and navigate romantic and sexual mm-hmm. needs from this place of supposed safety from distance, um, that's where we find our case today because it's not that at all. No. And so on September 14, 2014, emergency crews were dispatched to the cemetery at St. Margaret's Church Barking in East London because the body of Jack Taylor... 25-year-old Jack Taylor, was discovered propped up with his back against one of the walls of the cemetery with his shirt up, exposing his torso. Right. And so with this, this is, this has happened in a, this, this death emulated other deaths that happened in the year prior to this. And so what they wanted to do is that they had Jack's family really chasing them down. Mm -hmm. And so they started looking back through closed captioned, uh, closed caption, like closed circuit television and security and traffic cameras until they identified a man by the name of Stephen Port, the topic of today's mm-hmm. case. They saw him on the video camera. Cameras will get you every time. Yeah, I'm, you know, you got to be careful. Their camera, you know, it's it's 20, what, 2014 at this time? I was going to say it's 2019, but yes, at this point, You yeah. know, I mean, their cameras. Guardians of the Galaxy was out. There's cameras everywhere. They're, right, right. And but, you got to be aware. But, um. So a little bit about Steven, because Steven is essentially non-existent right because he is not a serial killer in the ways that of a jeffrey dahmer or gacy and i say this because there's no not a lot of preemptive personality stuff that leads to this type of behavior for steven like we see in so many of our cases um he was born in southern on the sea south end southern on the sea you're trying are you trying an english accent no i'm not (laughs) But I could say I am for this, whatever, in England. Um, Try it. <laughs> he grew up with his parents. So tired. Where, yeah, we're dying. <laughs> he grew up with his parents where he's kind of a loner. They said he was a quiet kid, but he was a tall kid. He was six. He's huge. Three. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's he was, a tall guy. He is, so. He's my size, not weight wise, but yeah. he's six, three, size 14 shoes. Yeah. yeah. He was and, a big kid. Um, they said he was kind of peculiar growing up. He had a childlike behavior, but not too many friends um, as me. a child. He came out in the mid 2000s and his family, like, well, his father wasn't about it, was not happy with his uh, coming out as we see so many times. Well, yeah. So I, I feel like reading the parents article, they felt like he was going to grow out of it. Well, that's the thing. So I think what we all have to do too, and I hate, I have these conversations with parents all the time. I hate it so much. Is having to, you hate me? No, not oh. hate it. I hate it so much. How yeah. the per- how they perceive like it's because so there are times where sexual exploration is a phase. We know that true. Um, where you're just trying things are exciting or exhilarating, and you want to step in, step into the water, get a little wet, and get out and say, mm, "That's not for me. I'd rather wear my rubbers." Some people do that. <laughs> so country. <laughs> um, but early the early to mid two thousands was not a fun time no. to be gay. It wasn't there? It wasn't. Everyone thinks it was this like the two thousands have been. It was this like the beginning of 
It was people like people comfortable Will and Grace was like on television, right? And that was in queer as folk. These were the extent, that the L word, yeah. Like, this was the extent. Like, gay That's movies it. were still being released on, only Noah on TLA. I, I Noah's Ark was a thing, yeah. come on, Melanin. <laughs> so, so yes, of course, there's and a lot of older people just aren't equipped to have conversations around sexuality, mm-hmm. and so a lot of times in these moments, especially with dads who are like conservative or super hyper masculine, you get caught up in like my my son's gonna grow out of it because that's not how we raised him, right. yada yada yada. But a lot of what we know about Stephen comes from him. It comes from his conversations he's had with uh, authors from his own Facebook page, right. um, and his parents and his parents. So he actually describes himself on his Facebook uh, as being a special needs teacher at the West, uh, the Westminster Kingsway College in King's Cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say King's Landing. I got to stop watching Game of Thrones. But it also says that he went to Oxford for about three years. Um, there's a beliefs that he works as a chef, that he helped disabled kids learn how to cook. Right. Um, he was a door-to-door salesman, according to an ex. But we know that he also had a lot of like gay websites and mm-hmm. queer support groups. So The only thing I could find that was peculiar is that they said he had a lot of childlike behavior for an adult. Yeah, he played with toys. He played with toys. But I do, too. Like. And that's like that's not, that's no shade. That's not even just video games. Like I legit will sit with my nephew's toys. That, and, like, that's, but like, but you, are you with your nephews? Sometimes if they leave it here, I'll be like laying on my couch and I'll just like fiddle with whatever's around if they're here. I have a whole closet. Watch your whole behavior. Don't watch (laughs) me. If I was going to kill somebody, I would have done it already. (laughs) I would have been the first target. And so even in this moment where Steven is exploring his sexuality and he's young, I venture to say as far as physicality goes, strapping young man-ish. Ish. Um, right. Balding, we talked Bal- about yes, this. And yes. that's a, that could be that a, toupee you heard in the beginning, sis. That toupee <laughs> was stiff. <laughs> it's a bad way. But he, but so he's exploring these things. And so a lot of times, if you're not able to, he had a lot of boyfriends, according to his parents. Right. Like, and I think that might have been overcompensation for the fact that it wasn't really welcomed at home and they just trying to beat it into their heads. Mm-hmm. So from a place of insecurity, and not really being able to explore your sexuality and understand what intimacy looks like, we see that a lot of times this could end up being a problem. We saw it with, uh, who am I thinking about? Nick from the Sylvie Cachet case. Oh, um, Where it's just like you have these these feelings, like you start to conflate sexuality with other things. Right. And so it actually comes to light here um, at a point where he meets a young Middle Eastern man on a site called Fit Lads. Now, there's going to be a lot of websites. Yes. Welcome mentioned. to the new age of dating, my friends. Right. So mentioned here <laughs> are going to be a lot of sites. I'm going to tell you right now, all gay. <laughs> so <laughs> if you guys are going to Google them, do it at your own risk. You know what you're going to see when you click on that home. I had a grinder page because I was. Don't scared. be. I, those I was. So I was. Terrible. I was. I was one of those. It's not your place. Why are you there? It wasn't. Um, <laughs> I was nosy. But he meets a he meets a young Middle Eastern man on Fit Lads. He invites the young man over to his place. Um, he's giving poppers. If you're not aware of what poppers are, poppers are usually inhalant that you use to kind of, uh, relax the muscles for specific purposes. Um, and this kid passes out, wakes up, and then Steven gives him a glass of what he thought, or what Steven said was water. Water. And the kid realized that it tasted funny. You also notice I keep using the word kid or man because this person's identity was not released. And we're going to get into that as a, as a part of this conversation too. Right. Um, he felt like, he said he felt like he couldn't move. 
And he also realized his underwear was being removed. And he ends up being sexually assaulted by Stephen Port. Mm -hmm. And when he was able to leave and he was able to tell, he didn't want to tell police because he wasn't out to his family. And this is the dangerous part of people who are predators online, especially gay sites. Is because if you do assault someone and you have, and, and so a victim wants to come forward, they have to go through so many levels of guilt and shame to get to the Not point where they like guilt can. and shame because there's a lot of aspects of oh well you did it to yourself because look you're doing gay things because there are people that still think like that so even if you're brave enough to come out about yourself you still have to say well like people are going to treat you like you deserved it well no what i would are. yeah i agree but yeah. my point was specifically that if if no one knows and if you yeah, have no. a wife or a job and right. people will fire you or exclude you or alienate alienate you there's all these things that you're ashamed of it, hence why it's a secret. Right, and then on top and- <laughs> of that, when it's when you de- if you decide not to, then, then yeah. there's a so this just there's there's an underlying uh, cause of like who is who are your victims and why do you choose them? We're gonna get into that. We're gonna talk about how this case mirrors the Ed Buck situation. In Los Angeles. I think we talked about that before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Case. I texted. I said it reminded me of that. Case, and it's yeah. just, it's in, it's really insane how that works. But only 10 days later, Port logs on to Sleepy Boys. Yes, these sites are real. Yeah. <laughs> they are real places. I was... Yeah, don't Google I don't... That. I wanted to. Don't Google I that. wanted to so bad. I, I was like, Sleepy Boys, I what's mean, this? No I mean, it's you an escort site. I know. I don't even know if it's still functional. Um, but I remember Sleepy Boys being a thing. And there's also like this other weird... Never mind. We're not going to talk about it. But <laughs> Where to go to find place? <laughs> but he wants to book an escort. Yes. And so he sets up a date... Uh, with Anthony Walgate, who was a student at the University of Middlesex. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be a fashion, fashion designer. designer. And you, you know you want... I was like, I can't I can't shame sex work. I get it. Like, college yeah, right. is expensive. Yeah, college books yourself. are expensive. If you can't get a job at the Dunkin' Donuts, I mean, feel right. free to do it. It's your body. You have agency. Do that. Fast money. Um, you know, at this age, too, there's a lot of frontal cortex stuff not developed yet. So decision making is not... That's the only thing about under 25 doing the sex work mm-hmm. because you're making that decision based on like not full decision making abilities. I mean, but even if you so. get to 27 and decide to be a no, sex no, worker. No, no, if you're 27, still... then that's what you do is what you do. Yeah. But the, the only thing with somebody so young I worry about when it comes to sex work is that you're, you're always, and I'm, and I'm thinking about the people I work with too that are young. Um, the decision-making skills. It's like, where are you putting these things together? Yeah, your you know, problem-solving the skills. The problem-solving yeah, skills. I know like, oh, God. Because some people, like, <laughs> we'll talk about another episode. This yeah. is not the time. But what's, what's about Anthony was that he's typically really cautious about this, well, as most sex workers are. Yeah, his friend said he was, like, you know, picky with, you know, in particular about... But the thing is, you can never be... And that, you know, the thing with sex workers is always dangerous. You can't pick. You never know by a face. Yeah, you never know by a face. And when I was reading this, I was like, yeah, you know, I understand choosing and pickiness, but... You know, what looks safe may not be safe. But also money is a mighty motivator. So <laughs> he agreed to meet uh, Stephen Port because uh, Stephen Port offered him That's 800 a, pounds. Right. Which is about $1,000 in US dollars for just an overnight time. 
and so he told his friends, like, like as you do, like, when I was a kid, uh, a kid, when I was younger and, you know, a little bit more sexually free, mm-hmm. I would tell my best friend, we'd do safety texts. I'm going to be at this person's house at this address at this time. This is their pictures. The yeah. These are their pictures. That's what I'm doing. So he told his, he, he would confide in his friend Ellie mm-hmm. about this. And just in case I get killed, right. this is where I'm going to be at. And he would also carry a little bit of a blade on him. So, ready just in case things went down. Mm -hmm. So, on the night of June 17th, 2014, Mm -hmm. he arrives at Stephen Port's flat. I love using the I word flat. I love the flat. word flat, too. Yeah, I, I wrote, my note says apartment, but I'm just going to keep changing it, because I'm like, I'm going to Americanize <laughs> I, I this. I said that, too. I said, I was like, do I want to put apartment or flat? There are some times I'm going to interchange it. Mm-hmm. And they start, uh, they start the uh, recreational drug use. Right. And apparently, according to Stephen Port, mm-hmm. Walgate, which is also after the fact, mm-hmm. Walgate was a willing participant in the initial drug use. Right. Um, then as the night progressed, Stephen either coerced him to take even more GHB. And if you do not know what GHB is, it is up there in the in the realms of like the crystal meths of the world. And right. people use it to drug people to, uh, uh, what's That's, the word I'm looking for? Uh, Why am I losing it? For the sex, yeah, to to like it's a rape, rape, rape drug. Thank you. Yeah, they rape. Um, and so he either coerced him into it, or and just injected him, Mm -hmm. or spiked his drink with it, Mm -hmm. and Anthony passes out. Mm -hmm. Port proceeds to have sex with him, rape him, right, and then in the course of either the sex or even before that, we don't, we're not entirely sure. Anthony passes away. He dies from an overdose. And two days later, his body is found propped up against the wall of the complex where, where Stephen lives. So, this is where Stephen calls 999. That's this. They're 911. That, that's a 911. <laughs> 991. And he calls him because he sees a body. He calls the cops. He sees a body. It could be a person who's drunk or collapsed. Good Samaritan. Let's call it in, right? Right. right. <laughs> no, it's, it's. And so it's. What was what was weird about this? Not even weird, because uh, what what people need to understand too is that in 2014, I was watching a Vice documentary on this because of this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, was talking about the rise of chemsex, which is sex right. um, being supplemented with uh, chemicals like drugs, uh, Ambien, anything right. to enhance feeling or pleasure. Um, and so, a lot of this time with this rise, it's typically in the queer community too. Mm-hmm. With this rise of drugs and chemsex they any gay person that died of an apparent overdose it was just ascribed to that which is terrible so so they didn't look into it not at all they they assumed that this was again a good samaritan calling in for a call they didn't look into port they just you know found his body and their police work around it yeah, I mean, if I'm gonna put, the, I'm gonna find the link to the Vice documentary because in 2013 it was wild in England the amount of right. chem sex that was happening. And again, I feel far like be it we me. went through this whole thing here. Um, yeah, a it's years st- ago yeah, in New York. Still is. Yeah, but then England took it to another level because it wasn't just that. Then they were stealing um, a, a type of gas from hospitals. They were oh, like the laughing gas. The, and it wasn't. I don't think it was laughing gas. It was something else. Nitrous. Mm-mm. No, maybe maybe nitrogen. you're right. Maybe the there's nitrous oxide, the... but but they were like they had to like lock it up behind bars because people were breaking into hospitals and like impersonating doctors to get this. To get it. Wow, and so it, it was intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so had they actually looked into Stephen Port, 
um, they would have known exactly what kind of person he is. Because he actually gets arrested mm-hmm. a week later right. for lying. To the cop. That he yeah. doesn't, because he says he doesn't know how Andy Walgate got there. I love the saying, this is so, like, British, perverting the course of justice. Yeah, so, instead of obstruction. You know what? Slay with your words. <laughs> perverting the course of justice. Slay with all them words. Because what happens is they searched Anthony's, um, they searched his phone records and came upon his Sleepy Boys account and saw that he had been booked by Steven. As a, as and so even though they couldn't prove, and that's the, and that's a lot of the scary thing about chemsex too, especially in these really, like right now, like meth, like meth is a huge thing in the gay community in America. And a lot of times that you can't tell when people die when it's a, when it's chemically related. Right. So they can't prove that Steven did anything to him. They just know that at some point in the night he was with Steven and that they had sex, but he cannot prove right. that they, that he forced him to do drugs or anything like that. So after that, without no proof, he was released on bail. Yep. They so, just let I him mean, go. He, he got let go. But had they looked in his apartment, they would have found all, or even searched his computer. They would have found the Google searches for drug sex and drug rape and all these Which things, they know. would have found... They didn't search the apartment. They would have found the drugs. Yeah. Yeah, they would have found the drugs that were abundant in Stephen Port's apartment that are illegal. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was so. talking about that more when we get to the police investigation. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll judge them harshly. It's a mess, but I mean, you know, you, once a criminal gets away with it, what do they typically do? They do it again. They keep going and they keep going and keep and going. And his next victim makes me a little sad. Um, His... I don't know if you know how to say this name, the last name, but Gabriel Kavari. Um, Slovakian. Yeah, that's what makes me sad. I mean, he left Slovakia because it was very conservative there. He was 22 and gay. So he left. And the story goes that he stayed at Port's flat for a little bit. I don't know if, like, they also met on a website as well. Yeah. But so he ended up staying there. So, so what happened? What had happened? What had happened was. <laughs> was uh, what happens is he meets a man named John Pape uh, on a website called Bender, and I remember Bender. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of errs. Uh, <laughs> I remember it was like the little blue B was the icon, um, and it was it was messy, just like jacked. <laughs> Don't go on any of these guys if this is not what you're looking for. I think but, they're on Jack too. I think I stop this. But I always did like fake pages. But just like you said, he was he was kind of fleeing this kind of oppressive conservative uh, right. space, which is like, and sad. John Pape felt bad for him he was like i i feel bad for you i want to be able to protect you and they had a little bit of a relationship and he was living with him until that disintegrated and then he had met Stephen port mm-hmm. and so he moved in uh <clears throat> excuse me to to steven's uh flat on august 23rd of 2014 where he uh steven had said yeah you can sleep on my couch rent free no issue and I don't think it was typically, it was really rent free. I think it was a control thing where mm-hmm. they definitely had a sexual relationship. Right. Where you were definitely paying for this for rent some way. Se- yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, his mom said Gabriel was, you know, just full of love. He cared about other people. Um, he was very inquisitive. Um, he was just really nice, just a nice guy. Yeah, and that's like, generally nice the, that's generally the, the air about him. But and like even- he went for, you know, he left for his freedom, basically. Yeah, you do he, what you got to do to survive. To be himself. To be right. able to be himself. And then he comes across Stephen. Yeah, and even even Gabriel Cavari, uh, Gabriel the, the young man, said that he didn't want to have sex with Port. Because he was, uh, the, in his words, he was... <laughs> he, in his words, was that he's kind of different, in quotes. <laughs> and this is a text fell. message. 
but he said that the place was worth it. So you see, like, He's I need a place apartment, to sleep. Yeah. And not even that, like, you see so many young kids that I've had to deal with and work with, who, and you do, you too, I'm sure, oh, yeah. who are having what used to be called survival sex. Right. Where oh, you would God. sleep with people because you needed a place to stay. Yeah. And so it's just, it's a way of thinking, right, that decision making gets thrown off. And even Steven started bragging about Gabriel, telling people he has this new, like, exotic Slovakian twink of a of a roommate and twink uh, is a, a I don't like it doesn't matter if it's within your own sexual preference I don't like when people like twinks in words like that like I don't like if I'm gonna be an SJW, like you don't get to say that I, I it makes <laughs> like, me cringe no even like with straight <laughs> girls and like even the thick like you know what I'm saying like the the sexualized adjectives used to describe people well twink isn't me... so much a sexualized label as much as it is a body descriptor um but it, it's typically a hairless skinny usually <laughs> white boy um but even while he he was touting this new exotic roommate Gabriel was ready to go because things had gotten really tense and he had let him know that. Mm-hmm. And so what was really freaky about this was that on August 27th, mm-hmm. uh, Port had made a call to his sister Sharon on the phone and let her know that there was a dead body in the bed on his flat. And she told him to call the police. So that's not what happened. Heads up. Right. <laughs> but on August 28th, the next day, Gabriel's body is found dumped 500 uh, yards away at a graveyard in the in the St. Margaret's graveyard by a dog walker <laughs> and he was propped up mm-hmm. wearing sunglasses with his shirt pulled up to expose his abdomen next to a bag of his things. I don't understand that. I, I, don't I was looking for why he props why, them yeah. up and covers and shows their abdomen is this some kind of nod to their twink dumb is that the word or like is it to be like this person was a sex worker and make them think that he's less than maybe he was i don't know if gabriel was but is it to show that you know he was working the street and that's why he was found like that or dead you know what i'm saying like to be like oh this is just a a sex worker who was found dead yeah it's the it's terrible and so what was the lie that was being spread because now there's a there's a there's some whispers in the areas within the communities uh he had told his neighbor that that Gabriel had died of an infection he had gotten when he was on vacation in Spain and with his family what? yeah yeah it's so weird the lies that he was just starting to spread about this and what was really creepy and what got really messed up is that he actually went on Facebook and friended Gabriel's friend Terry um, um, Armadio, mm-hmm. um, and lied about being an American exchange student in London called John Luck. He, he's like he's he's all these layers, right? And so what he did was he played on uh, Terry's grief, and to make sure that he knew, like, hey, like we don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. um, but this is really sad. I'm very sad too. I knew Gabriel because he really wanted to make sure the suspicion wasn't was away on from Steven. Him. Right. So he was going that far to go to his friends right. to make sure it was. It's, so it's, Stephen Porter had his own thing going. He had so much time on his hand to think of all these suggestions and take off that toupee. <laughs> I hate At you so At the same much. time, he was purchasing all them toupees. Oh, that thing was so stiff. And, <laughs> sorry. And even with, his stiff toupees and wigs. Stephen was still moving 
under the radar, doing bare minimum to avoid det- detection. Uh, like, I mean, yes and no, because he was doing that internet work. No, but that's the thing is that there's so many digital footprints in this. Oh. Is that like it's hard to I say guess. you didn't? No matter what you do, you can block and delete messages all you want. That app's developer or whatever right, still has so access it, yeah. to everything you've done, and they can just pull it up. Unless you're Apple, then they know fight why. you. Why? Okay, never mind. Why what? Why he killed? Yeah, we don't know. That's, and that's what, what that's makes what him weird. Crazy. Is that um, toupee? Yeah, I just think that his his toupee and his and the air, blue, like the, the level of blue. arrogance must have been astronomical. That you know, it's huge. Um, and because he was only suspected of lying on an emergency call, like not murder, he was actually he was like essentially was just living his life, right? Doing what he wants to do, frequenting bars, living living yeah. the way he wants. Uh, until he meets uh, Daniel Whitworth, yes. 21-year-old Daniel Whitworth, so who young. at the time had a boyfriend. Yeah. And we're, we don't have to talk about what polyamory looks like or open relationships look like. Um, they, but he met that boyfriend through the Lads Lads dating website. There's a lot Why of online so dating. many? They call him the grinder killer, but there were so many signs he used. Well, this site was specifically how Daniel met his partner Ricky, um, and he he worked he works as a chef. And remember, we talked about how Stephen kind of doubted himself as a chef right. at the same point. So this is kind of where uh, similarities, yeah, some interest. similarities there. And so he liked to drink, but he never did hard drugs. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from some weed when he went to Amsterdam, like the most people typically do. Hashtag goals. Going to Amsterdam to yeah, get high. I want to go to Amsterdam. I'm not, I've like I'm not motivated by weed, but like no, I just want. A I would love to be a uh, a witness to a whole bunch of botchery. That's hence why I can't wait to go to New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> I oh, I guess, but like, I'm not a drinker, so. <laughs> uh, but he, but Daniel actually met uh, Stephen through Fit Lads. Uh, on August 18th. You love all these website because names because they all have lads in it. Right. So he actually, they met through the website. They met before he actually killed Gabriel, mm-hmm. but they didn't physically meet until September 18th. Nope. So what happens is that Daniel fails to show up to work mm-hmm. on September 19th. And so his boyfriend, I'm sorry, his partner, I don't know what partner implies, like long-term living relationship. It was a live-in boyfriend. Like, they were together for three years. There's a a word, a partner is, I guess, the word that describes. Common, law, whatever. That's seven years. Um, So uh, his his partner, Ricky, reports him missing to the police. And at the same time, Stephen deletes his Fit Lads account. He's so smart. Steven. Not you, Donna Scrivo. <laughs> all this. Steven. That toupee and you are not too smart, Steven. Minimum effort. Steven. Minimum effort. Steven. So, <laughs> <laughs> on September 20th, Daniel's body was found by the same dog walker. Same, same one. In the same, same spot same as graveyard. Gabriel. Yes. Same wall, same way. This time with an apparent suicide note. Right. Phone was missing too. Like, mm-hmm. and the suicide note was. Conveniently in his left hand. Yeah. Conveniently. Just, I feel like just in his, like, in trends of suicide notes, they're never just, like, in the person's person. Yeah, it's always someplace yeah. where you're going to, I mean, someplace where you're going to find it. Right, 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 right. It's but it's usually, 
But if you're usually if someone commits suicide, especially if it's in the framework of what it was, right? Um, it's usually so that either the person who needs to find it will find it, or uh, if you're committing suicide, you uh, uh, you could you would do it in a place where the person you're trying to uh, would find harm in yeah, this yeah. Yeah. would find you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this didn't make sense it to didn't me. Make sense, but the cops just took it for what it was. They really did take it for what it was. But also, what made this suicide note sketchy was that in this suicide note, he took responsibility for the death of Gabriel Cavari, which had happened a month before. And in the note. He says he had ended his life because of the guilt of killing him and that Gabriel died while they were having sex and he dumped the body in the cemetery. Which was very explicit for a note. Right, but it gets it gets even more uh, too detailed to make sense. Um, he says he blamed himself and he couldn't live with the weight of it anymore. So he went back to the spot where he left Gabriel's body to end his own life. But what makes this sketch AF is that in the note, he says, don't blame the guy I was with last night. He has nothing to do with it. I remember it. this. It was all I me. I remember this in is the documentary. Not, I was like, what? <laughs> is this not what, <laughs> what kids do? Like, don't look under the seat. I promise you, money is not there. Well, we said he had very childlike manners and mannerisms and personality quirks that were very childlike. So this is what... Right. Stephen clearly wrote this suicide note. But the cops, like you said, took it for face value. I'm going to have to be shady with you off mic about this. And, <laughs> about my ex. Okay. <laughs> All right, but and but the problem the problem is that because this narrative was that queers were wild right now and they were having all this drugged up sex right. and there couldn't have been a killer, nobody was no looking into Steven. No, nope. nobody was following the digital footprints this like they should have. Way been. too recent for this to have happened, though. I mean, I could get it if it was like early two thousand. I'll forgive it, but I feel like for like 2014, 2016... Right. Like, for the cops to be this negligent, like, what are you doing? You could it, go on, like, and watch a TV show where it would, they would do more work than y'all did. It Right. <laughs> but it, it really speaks to implicit bias, though. Right. And how what you think of people will will inform the way you look to seek justice for I them. I love explicit bias, by the way. Explicit one of my, or implicit? In, implicit, sorry. That's one of my Explicit fam- bias is burning across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> what I mean. you know me in words. Um, there is. Uh, a Someone's web- gonna drag me for making fun of you. It's fine. It's, I, I take it. I make fun of myself. It's fine. <laughs> I'm always at like fifty percent. Like that's how I speak. I'm all right with There's it. There's a test. Um, that test for implicit biases on yeah. Harvard's website that I'm obsessed with taking. I just took the religion one. Like I, I constantly take them. It's I took. I took the race one. I took the the sexuality one. Sexuality one. <laughs> Surprise says I. I. Slightly no, uh, favor yeah. queer people to straight people. It's probably because there's a safety there. <laughs> but it's not even like a heavy, it was slight. For was religion, like, I came out like for the Muslim versus Judaism, yeah. right in the middle. Like, no, makes, no explicit. Well, that, I hate that that has to be a dichotomy, too. But not we don't true, have to talk about this. It's not the, it's, yeah, it's not the topic of this podcast. Hello, Tandrins. <laughs> who? Tandrins, Tandrins. Oh, uh, who? Tandrins. Tangents. Oh. I just can't say words. I thought you were naming like a, a sect of religion or something. No, I was no. like, I've never heard of that. Is that like witchcraft? <laughs> Anyways. But, so, suicide note in hand. The police found them and believed everything about that. No, they left it be. I don't know if we want to discuss the, the coroner and when they were doing the body. Well, the when, coroner was like, you guys might want to. Like, yeah, the coroner was definitely like. 
this doesn't add up. Please, like, the coroner actually asked the police department, what did they do to right. did you check test the handwriting? Did they do anything on the Handwriting, fingerprints. Fingerprints. And they're <laughs> like, no, we just took it for what it was. Like, a, a lot of suicides are just that. Right. Suicides. But right. still, like, how how often... Like, there's just patterns happening that you have Don't to... Don't blame the guy that was with both the victims this last time and this But time. even that, if you were any kind of good detective, you would follow up with the guy he was with last night <laughs> to know if he let you... If he, even if he confessed to the killing of Gabriel, I would follow up with the guy that he was with last night. Are Why we would friends? You? Did he say anything to you that wouldn't let you believe that but, he's murdered anybody else? Like, like, what were you doing that you were just like, mm, okay. But with Gabriel, they knew... Well, somebody knew that they were living together. So they're both... The, here's a connection to both of these murders. Yeah, it's it's just so wild to me. So, March 2015, he goes on trial for lying in the Wallgate case again, uh, perverting the course of justice. Uh, and he was <laughs> he was sentenced to eight months and would only serve three and spent the rest of the time with an ankle monitor or ankle bracelet <laughs> or electronic tag. Right. I love England. <laughs> and surprise, no dead bodies turned up in the three months he was in prison. Right? Obviously. <laughs> Nothing happened. No, no strange random chem sex overdoses. Nothing. But it wasn't until September of that year where we come back full circle here. Mm-hmm. Thirteenth to be exact. Yeah, where he would meet Jack Taylor. Now Jack Taylor, again, he's this twenty-five-year-old. He lived with his parents in Dingenham, which is probably something I'm destroying as a word. I was like, it's so funny. I avoided that word completely. Dingenham. Dingenham, because um. Stephen did grow up there after uh, South End. Who's the English person that we know from the listener? Cat? I think it's Cat. Maybe it's Patricia. One of you guys know. Raise your hand if you're from. You'll know who you are. DM me and tell me how to pronounce that. Um, He worked as a forklift driver Mm -hmm. for the London City Bond. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what happens is he is out at a club. He was at the trading club in Dagenham. Dig, dig, it sounds like Harry dig, Potter to me. Digging him. Um, and so cameras caught him arriving at the club at 10.30. They saw him leaving at 12.30. He was out having drinks with his buddies. Mm-hmm. Just having a good time. And so he hails a cab. And like a lot of young, buzzed, horned up gay guys in a big city, he's going to open grinder. Or cis straight girls who are single and having fun. Sorry. Or, like, it's just not your place. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> it was great, Gotta, though. What you it, won't do is... Listen, I had flashes about my time as as a person who was single coming out of the closet. What you won't do is... Coming out of the closet? Coming out of the club. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what you won't do is head up this space. I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm having flashes to my own personal life. And so, he logs onto Grinder and he has a conversation with... None other than Stephen Port. Yes, he does. And they agree to hook up, and he hops to he hops to the uh uh on the in the cab to go to the train station where they agreed to meet. Mm-hmm. And what one of the questions that he actually asked, uh, oh gosh, we're losing names now. Jack mm-hmm. is has he ever used the rail? You know, has he ever mm-hmm. taken the train? Like just to try to figure out how to. Uh, kind of where he is, who he knows, how he gets around. And so a traffic camera actually picks up Steven meeting Taylor at the train station and catches the two of them again walking back to Port's apartment. Um, Steven had at this point, uh, blocked Jack's grinder account in an effort to erase their exchange and any evidence of their conversations. That's not how the internet works. Bear, bear. No, but like, does he not know, like, 
special victim unit do a lot of tech things where they get people's phones and and profile and they can see deleted stuff like does he not know it's two it was 2014 SVU has taught me a lot. <laughs> yes. And SVU has taught you the mere, bare minimum. What you do, and I'm not going to say what you do if you want to get away with it, but I'm saying there are other ways to do this where like, having full-on conversations with the people on the internet is not... Nothing dies on the internet, you guys. The it's internet is, right. as nothing I always say, the internet is forever. My news are somewhere. It's I fine. stand. Whatever. Mine too. So <laughs> now we come full circle where just after 1 p.m. on September 15th, they do, in fact, find Jack Taylor's body on the outside walls of the cemetery, 300 feet away, I'm sorry, yards away from where the other victims were found, propped up with his shirt pulled up. But this time, it wasn't his belongings. It was a syringe and a small medicine bottle were found right. next in his, uh, in his pocket. Mm-hmm. And the police were once again... Ready to write this off as another chem death. And what I want to just pull over here for a second is that outside of these deaths. Same place every time. Yeah, but outside of these deaths, this is not a common, this was not a common space for people to get high and die. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't, now it was a cruising spot. That is true. Mm -hmm. That gay people would come through and cruise there, but they would not act, yeah, they would not (laughs) actively have sex in the cemetery. It's like when people go cruising at, um, like parking rides, they mm-hmm. do it there, but right. then they would go across the street right. away from the bright lights and the cameras. And so like, it's, it was not a place where people got high. Mm-hmm. And also there's a weird cultural respect for churches right. where you, like there's certain activity that you don't do. And don't get me wrong. Some people were fooling around in the graveyard, but mm-hmm. they were, there was not, again, there was no real evidence right. or, uh, records of people dying I this mean, way in this cemetery. It just, like, the police were just like, doing things. Regardless, <laughs> there's, like, three bodies in the same place. Like... Four. Let's just, like... Was <laughs> the first... The first one was by the apartment, wasn't it? Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so three <laughs> bodies in the same place. I mean, that should be enough for you to... But what, the cemetery's not even far from the first body. True, it was I know. It's only, point like... three miles away if you were right. doing it. It's 500 yards. Like... I mean, for all that... Like, <laughs> so... Steven had a pretty, like, buff body. It looked like he did some kind of exercise. Yeah. You didn't take those bodies far at all. Like, you didn't do any work. That's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> like, you didn't. <laughs> I, I wish I knew more about how he did transport them because it's obviously it middle of the night. Yeah. Middle of the night, obviously. 2014. No one caught you. You couldn't do that in our city. Right. They could, well, my city. Now you moved. But <laughs> so what makes this different, though, than the other cases was that Jack Taylor's family wasn't one to just believe their loved one would do something so incredibly reckless. Right. That he wouldn't just be out here doing hard drugs because he didn't do drugs. Right. He drank, sometimes to excess with his friends, like a lot of young people do, he's 25. Mm-hmm. But they spent so much time together that they really would have known, and they were so close that he probably would have disclosed to them that, that I was doing it. He, he tells them about his sexual escapades. I'm sure he tells them about the things he does while he's doing them. Um, but while digging for information, his sisters were actually inquisitive enough to ask about the syringe that they found. And the police told them, oh yeah, no, it wasn't used. Okay, so pause. (laughs) How could he have overdosed in this spot with an unused needle? Now, I get it. I totally understand that he could have overdosed somewhere else and came to rest here and passed, passed away. But, an unused needle with a medicine bottle that was... What medicine bottle was it? Like a small like insulin-looking bottle. Oh. Like a GHB bottle, like the little oh. things. And so, like, they're like, this doesn't make any sense. And so, 
the other thing that didn't make any sense was the location. Barking is not a place where Jack would be just to be there, to hang right. out and party. It's not a like, usual place for him. Right. So there's all these things that don't add up. And so they did their own research and they uncovered the connection and the patterns and the three previous deaths. Uh, and it lit a fire under police because they got the media involved. Right. <laughs> so the Taylor family don't play. Did you right. see, you saw the documentary with the sisters talking? No, I didn't see. The you didn't movie. see the, like mm-hmm. the sisters were they were they, they seemed about it. Like they was like no. About it. no <laughs> they they saw. they did a whole documentary in hoodies. They didn't give, they even get dressed up. You could tell they. Was oh no, I didn't life. see it. I'm gonna go back. No, what the one I saw was with an old older guy, gentleman. But no, and I'm gonna go back. No, they both were sitting there and hoodie. I think one had cornrows. I was oh, just no, like, I'm going back. oh no, I'm gonna. I was like, it. okay, Taylor sisters. Okay. And I was like, they were just, and they were just so adamant. And I think that is what's different is that it wasn't written off. It wasn't right. like they weren't gonna let their loved one be painted in such a way. And not that there's anything. Uh, I'm not vilifying people who are addicted or whatever, but. Mm-hmm. So what happens is there's an inquest done. There's a special investigator right. uh, that is assigned to this case now to look over the deaths of the four young men and look for any possible connections. I'm sorry, you couldn't do this <laughs> last year. Yeah. But once they connected the patterns in the cases and they realized they were way too similar, they got their homicide department on the case. Yeah, the inquest now goes into the coroner's office mm-hmm. the day... The coroner tells them about the concerns about Daniel's death and how no one looked into them after they mentioned them. And so the police are now in trouble. The, they're talking about the findings on his body, things that just didn't make sense, things that weren't tested for print, uh, fingerprints or anything else that wasn't done. It was DNA wasn't done. Nothing. When I tell you, like we talk a lot, like we talk a lot about uh, balls being dropped <laughs> for. Uh, for the police departments, like don't get me wrong, the majority of policemen are, are hard workers, right? We'd like to believe because you you took this job, and but when you see like blatant instances like this, it is so frustrating. Again, it happens within certain pe- with certain people with certain you know, it it doesn't happen with the majority of you know. It's the less it's the less, less dead, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, so it's it's the people who can be uh, vilified or generalized or stereotyped Minorities, away. Sexual preferences, all of those things go into police. It's like, well, that's just who they are. So yeah, of course they're turning. But that's an unfortunate thing that all these things, like you know, like I said, um, sexual preferences. Sexual uh, and gender minorities. My, yes. <laughs> there you go. Correct. Racial me. minorities. Racial minorities. Uh, you, you, religious you minorities. You use those graduate words because I'm in high school still. <laughs> But like it's you raised my oh, religious minorities. Did you say religious minorities? I did. I oh, you better slay. You caught them all. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's unfortunate that that is a factor into police work. Like point Imp- blank. Yeah, period. implicit bias is it, it it infects and pervades that quiz. It pervades everything, yeah. and even what we do, like yeah, the yeah. way we look at cases. We like we as long as you can confront your implicit bias and work to unlearn them. Right. To say you don't have any biases, that's where the dangers come. Because I even have to catch myself as a worker. Like you said, I work with people for so many, and now I'm working within the criminal justice system. Like, biases are there, and you have to test yourself, examine them, like, realize when they're happening. Right. And it's a thing. What is learned can be unlearned. Like, I. Absolutely. Like, when when white folks say that I'm colorblind, I don't see color. I'm like, well, boy, I see see color. So if you don't see it, we have a problem. I know. I see color, and I'm colored, so let's go. I was like, I see other brown people. (laughs) 
Like you don't see you don't see the Mexican over there. You don't see this Asian fellow. No, I, just count somebody's race. Doesn't yeah, there's, mean yeah, that it doesn't mean that you don't have bias. It just right. means that you're trying hard to to act like you don't see it. Yeah. But everyone's everyone's uh, to be very social justicey. But mm. everyone's different walks of life. Their identities mean they have navigated the world a lot differently than you. Regardless right. of it, I've been talking to an, another person of color. I've talked to an Asian person, and the way we walk through the world is vastly different. Right. That was like one of my things when I was doing my uh, recent class and finishing it up. I was talking about even how we do treatment with clients. Most of these theories have been done and tested on white, white people, men. Yeah. So not even white men, men specifically. Yeah. So we have to be aware of the differences and the different walks of life when we approach people with all these different theories. Right. So many things are informed by so many other things. We walk lines on purpose, guys. Yes. Read about intersectionality. That's not the kind of... This is not the the (laughs) podcast we're doing right now. Maybe another day. We should probably open one. (laughs) We should do that. Uh, We don't need work. We don't need any work. I was like, no, but you put it in my head and now I can't. We should, but not at this... I think we need to graduate. (laughs) Can I graduate first, sir? I'm never going to graduate. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to get a doctorate. I'm not doing Um, that. So you don't have to wait for me because I'm at 50%. Uh, I'm not waiting. So, uh, <laughs> so what happens is now that there's now that this inquest is going, this investigation is going. They decide to, in order to try to figure out who this killer could be, they decide to track Jack's movement through the security footage right. and how he moved and his phone records. And they see that Jack and Steven were on those cameras, but they couldn't clearly identify the man. Right. And so they released a screenshot of the camera footage as to the public as a way to try to get people talking about right. it get some get the word out just like with Andrew uh Cunan and how they just put the they yeah, put it out on the radio him, but it was just in put your in office the... not that long ago what he was in the police station not that long right. ago they couldn't ID him <laughs> and so it wasn't even a full day before Stephen Port is identified and was arrested on suspicion of murder on October 15th 2015 they just took off his ankle bracelet and they couldn't identify right. him right thank <laughs> So after he was arrested, the media picked it up and so many other people started coming forward and report their own stories right. of encounters with Port, including that Middle Eastern man I mentioned earlier yeah. um, in this episode, where he would get them to come to his apartment with the promise of cocaine or GHB, crystal meth, and then he would in- also inject them with either uh, another drug, GHB, something else, and wait until they passed out, rape them, or attempt to rape them, um, and let them and put them outside. If they lived, they lived. And a lot of these people lived, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so the, the thing about queerness in this and why this is, this case kind of like struck a chord right. is specifically because, and this is why I mentioned it earlier. I agreed with you, but I had to reiterate mm-hmm. is that there is a weird guilt and shame when you are not the default. Right. And you have all these things ascribed to you. There's like, you don't need to be heteronormative. So there's a line of you walking in your truth and living your best life mm-hmm. and you like kind of falling victim to a drug and like a drug ridden culture, mm-hmm. uh, side of the, of the queer community where mm-hmm. everything is fueled by f- pleasure and really this hedonism. And I think that's where a lot of them were. So it's not enough that they were just gay. Now you're right. also an addict. Right. You know, and and it worries me a lot because there aren't a lot of sober spaces in queer community in general. Mm-hmm. And so for me specifically, right. I was thinking about my life and how I used to be a binge alcoholic and I never realized it. Mm-hmm. And I was drinking a lot with my friends on the weekends. And because I was doing it at a club, no one questioned it. 
Right. You know, it just seemed normal. And so for people like this to be walking in those spaces and doing something, maybe to the point of addiction and no one stopping them because everyone's doing it. It's in the, right. And so like there's these extra levels of, of shame that come with it. Not only am I secretly gay, I'm secretly having all this chem sex and I can't tell anybody that because I'm going to lose out on X parts of my life. Now, and so I think that not in this space from your perspective, what would help alleviate that? Because we know there's a kind of escape is like escape and and freedom of doing drugs and relaxing and being able to feel themselves that maybe right. you don't feel when you're sober. Um, I'd venture, what, I'd venture, uh, I'd be as audacious to say that you don't feel yourself when you're high. No, but people uh, use that as just, a, yeah. To, I would, I would just say knowledge. You know, mm-hmm. I would say in from being informed about people who don't love or have sex like you do right. and removing the stigma of what it means to be queer. Because what happens is if people are allowed to be who they are from a place of safety and dignity, mm-hmm. there's no need to lean into something like substance. So that's what I was thinking, but I didn't want to make assumptions. But it's no, actually yeah. like if straight people and people who are not queer would be more accepting of people who are right. then they would feel more comfortable being themselves that's all it takes okay it's really it's really some of the opposite <laughs> i wanted to say it but i was like let me get it from his perspective because i'm not there yeah the, op- <laughs> the opposite of of addiction is not just sobriety it's connection right and so feeling connected to your home that's why i was thinking like steven was act. the other side of this is that steven was an active drug addict right you know, and a lot of his base came from the fact that he was he who he was was not welcome at his parents' home and from his home when he right. was growing up. And so, again, the opposite of connection is going to be addiction. So, so when I'm looking at the the whys, maybe maybe there's that bit of shame after the fact, you know, or you know, having to. I mean, he doesn't. I don't. Was he on using when he was doing this these actions? Yeah, he was. He was getting high with them. Right. So and there's there's that shame and my thing would be if I'm shame looking at the why and jealousy because I I tried my best to look into all you can do is find the articles like BBC and Daily Mail, but these all the people that that he killed were people that were celebrated by their families. They were loved, and now I, I would I would venture to guess that you wouldn't know that. Right. You know, but there's so many people that he also didn't inject to the point of killing them either. Correct. So when you think about like maybe sitting down, having these high conversations and they talk about their aspirations, mm-hmm. I'm going to college and, mm-hmm. you know, my parents do this. We oh, just yeah, went to Spain. Parents, no, we went to this, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and that frustrates him, angers him. Maybe the person that he relates to that has a, like, oh, I'm on the DL. Don't tell anybody about this. Right. Those are the ones that maybe got left that, alone. That, get, no, that just get to live. They, yeah, they people get to still, live. Tons yeah. of people still got raped. Right. You know, and right. assaulted. But I think that he, it wasn't to, the violence wasn't to the point of I need to end your life. Mm-hmm. But it was also a less violent um form of killing right it's the kind of the black the black widow-esque nurse like female nursing like i'm just gonna inject your iv with x y and z until you you have a heart attack or you know it's not a very violent gory death no no and i I mean i wish i'm gonna i'm gonna there's a book i saw i'm gonna buy the book Mm -hmm. Um, he doesn't do a lot of uh talking for a serial killer no because i don't think because I don't think he was motivated by the same things that other serial killers. Like, there's this weird right. sexual deviance in it. Right. And I think he was motivated by something else, and he just won't say why. But I think he does say why in the book, and I couldn't find an online mm. PDF or anything or yeah. excerpt. Because Google Books usually gives you a little, a little, a little taste. 
<laughs> but they didn't. But that is Stephen Port. Yes, he was convicted. Yeah. He has life in jail. <laughs> Forgot that Forgot we didn't. Forgot that part. That, yeah. He yeah. was convicted. He's serving life. I think they, he was appealing it. Too. Yeah, hundred percent gonna appeal. Everywhere. He was recently convicted. Of yeah, he was convicted of all the assaults by penetration, the rapes, and the murder of Anthony, Gabriel, Daniel, and Jack, right. um, as well as three other men that they could they could find evidence that he did in fact drug them. Right. Um, and he had ten counts of administering a substance with intent and four sexual assaults. And I believe the police invest uh, are still being investigated or questioned. To yeah, there's the, like fifty eight other drug or uh, GHB related deaths yeah. that they're looking at and seeing if he's connected yeah. to them. Because if that's the the police case. officer, there's like 17 people that could be in trouble about this. Yeah. There's like a huge number of people. If they they're come out doing interviews, it's, it's well, gonna, yeah, don't do interviews, don't I mean, commit yeah. yourself. But <laughs> I, I'm gonna, talking. I'm gonna look to see because if there is, if they release information, they find out that this dude was actually a, like a hardcore, there's 20 other deaths related to Stephen Port, then I'd be like. Whew. We really then need to find, I'm, then, then I, I would the really why. need the why. Yes, <laughs> I'm really gonna need your whole why. life story because there's if it's thirty something is something happened. Because those parents are also strangely mum yeah, on everything. Yeah. But that's it. Now, now it's Stephen Port. That's yeah, Stephen that, Port. That was it. Thank you guys for listening. Well, thank you guys for waiting. Thank we you for being patient. It. I didn't realize three weeks ago. I I honestly thought we had just missed if, a week. You know what it is? It flies when you're so freaking busy. I feel you. Like you don't. Easter and then school and then it's the worst stuff and things things and stuff um but where can they find you on the timeline at Charnel B that's it everywhere, everywhere. so simple yours too though yeah it's D underscore Isa for and you can find what did you do on everything at the same name at what did you do pal you know what we call that efficiency <laughs> but be sure to get your ticket for crime con if you yes. haven't yet use the code wdyd19 you wrote it down yes i did for 10 percent off your standard tickets i was not gonna mess it up this time you're not gonna get me well you did it you're a mess <laughs> i did it. anyway that's it guys uh check us out we'll be back next week yes um i'm committed to next week so do not hesitate monday morning you will wake up to a new episode of what did you do guess i gotta start researching now and then the next monday and guess what the next monday so we're gonna gonna get three you're gonna get four i know you know i'm i'm getting married one of those weekends we're gonna record before that so it's fine we'll talk about it (laughs) four straight weeks of what did you do i sounds great to me anyway guys uh keep your hands clean and don't do anything i wouldn't do but do things I would do. Don't do those either. Do them. Deuces. Bye.